Oh, would you look at that? There's a new episode of the Blackcast on my phone, ready to play right now. Blatcast, a sometimes fast-paced but usually meandering look at the world. So kick back, get ready for quite possibly the longest one hour to perhaps the shortest two hours and 56 minutes of your life. And now, here's Christian Black. Good day, and welcome to the Blackcast. Very excited to talk about something that I ain't afraid of, ghosts. Uh, we are going to talk about Ghostbusters and the new film Ghostbusters Afterlife in a little bit. I, as always, am Christian Blatt, joined from the great white north by the one and only Dan Reinish. Hey, that's me! It's you. Yeah, it's very tricky with uh, when you're doing these video, uh, these live video streams. You I'm have just to... glad the Canadian government and the American government have worked together to open the border so that you and I can once again mesh our thoughts, feelings, and opinions here on the broadcast. It's so good to be back with you, buddy. Yes, the uh, the 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 border that was keeping the broadcast separated uh, has now uh, been wide open. Um, but of course, I did uh, make sure that Dan showed me his vaccination card, uh, and I showed him mine as well because it's only fair. So, in any case, uh, we are going to, uh, as I said, we're going to talk about the new movie uh, for our video listeners. It did open yesterday, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, some of us run in circles where we get to see these things a little bit early. So uh, I saw it on Monday, but you actually saw it before I did. Well, so, this is the weird. This is the weird broadcast. Is is you're in Hollywood, you're in Los Angeles, the movie center of the world, and true. normally, normally we talk about movies that are made there where you are. But yeah. here I am in southern Alberta, in Medicine Hat, Alberta, Canada, and about an hour and a half away is where they made the new Ghostbusters Afterlife movie right here in southern Alberta. So you are coming to me because I am the one with all of the information about this movie and have, I don't think I've ever experienced something like this where I had the chance to go and see where it was made before it came out yeah. months and a year well, forever before it felt like it. Usually when I travel down to LA and I go to movie locations or when I've been to New York to spend time at the original Ghostbusters film locations, it's years after the fact sometimes, but having about a year and a half to go to the locations here and, and see it and then see how they used it in the movie. And then when you see the marquee of the Empress Theater explode as uh, the ghost chase is going, ah, no spoilers. When you see that happening, that's the theater, the Empress Theater in Fort McLeod, yeah. Alberta, where I got to see it in the Canadian premiere the other night. And I've now seen it a couple times. And are we telling people what we think yet? 
Well, no, uh, you, you can give a, just a blanket statement and then we'll go into specifics. But yeah, just uh, you can say what you thought about it. Yeah, loved it. Absolutely yeah. loved it. I had expectations higher than I can imagine and, and expected in one way or another to be disappointed by it or let down. But I thought it was magnificent. And uh, and I, I really just overall magnificent. I love yeah, it. and as I messaged you immediately after yeah. I saw it, I was actually still in the theater because uh, I was, uh, you know, the the lights came up. I wasn't being rude, uh, and for while the credits were on, and I just started writing to you about the fact that personally I didn't expect that much from it because it really wow. came down to I don't I don't know why they were making another Ghostbusters movie. I had seen the previous one, the the uh, Paul Feig one, you know, which is the female Ghostbusters. I thought there was fun mm -hmm. stuff about it. I like all of those uh, actresses very much. Uh, but that also had a feeling of like, oh, I'm not really sure why we're going back to Ghostbusters. Uh, you know, if they had made a Ghostbusters 3 in like 1997, that would have been perfect. You know, but uh, that is not the hands that we were dealt. And I was uh, really impressed by it. And I, I thought that it I thought that it was terrific. And I think that, uh, you know, Jason Reitman set out to do exactly what he intended and I, I don't know if they they had this before you saw it, but there was a little video message from him where he was talking about, you know, that the film is about family and he every day in his, you know, next to him in his own director's chair was his father, Ivan Reitman, who, of course, did the original with well, the original, too. And, uh, you know, and it was just sort of like a, a joke about like, just imagine, you know, having your, your father sit next to you at work and, and telling you that everything you're doing is wrong. But. I think that uh, it's more about making sure that they got everything right. And uh, I think that uh, that was shown on the screen. And I think we'll go through some of the specifics in a little bit. Yeah. But it's uh, obviously, and I said this to Dan, and I believe I posted this also on uh, various uh, social media platforms, that it, of course makes you think of the original film and you know earlier incarnations of ghostbusters including the sequel the animated series which i was a big fan of as a kid and also it, the thing that really surprised me is that it also really felt like goonies you know and we'll talk a little bit about why that would be but yeah. it was like i wasn't expecting to get that those feelings as well it was definitely kind of the double dip um let's talk a little bit about the original uh, I was eight in the summer of 1984 when I saw Ghostbusters. And you can see me there uh, with my Ghostbusters t-shirt high atop Barney Get Lighthouse on Long Beach Island, New Jersey. And uh, that was a, uh, you know, I, I definitely wore that shirt out. In, uh, wow. it, uh, it did not survive, but uh, I was, uh, I, I loved it. And I think that, uh, you know, look, uh, I was, I guess, in 1984, being an eight-year-old meant that you would uh, see some films with uh, some naughty language and suggestive overtones, uh, which uh, is very funny, actually, because a, uh, a friend of mine, uh, he's, a, he's a writer, mm -hmm. and he was mentioning that he showed the original film to his children, who are about, you know, eight and ten, and just sort of having to explain what's happening when uh, Dan Aykroyd is awoken by a, a spirit and just yeah. like, oh, they're just being silly. And, you know, yeah, when kids are little really. enough, you just chalk it up to like, ah, they're just being yeah. silly. So um, I have I have not shown the the film to my kids yet. I don't think they're uh, quite as ready for stuff that I was maybe. But my son's six. So maybe we'll get there uh, before too long. 
uh, because I, I'm excited to show him this film one day. But uh, wow. Dan, in terms of the the original and the sequels, how much a part of your life was the the Ghostbuster universe, the the series, really, the two films and. Uh, as I mentioned, I, I was the perfect age for yeah. the, uh, the well, it was, a, it was a Saturday morning cartoon, but it was also a weekday syndicated uh, yeah. first-round cartoon. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit older than you, but Bill Murray's my guy, right? Like, Bill Murray's my guy. Sure. My dad was in the military. You know, I grew up on military bases throughout Europe. We saw Stripes on a military base in Europe and just fell in love with Bill Murray there. Now, I, let's see, so I was... 17, 17 when Ghostbusters came out and and thus the the real Ghostbusters, the cartoon series, I'm only watching that now. I, I never watched it when it came out because Saturday mornings at the time when it was running, I might have been a little bit tired from Friday night. You know what I'm saying? But it's, <laughs> I so, do. It's one of those situations. So the movie caught me as I was heading into adulthood. And it was just Bill Murray, and it was just funny. And and every time I watch it back or talk with friends about it, I still quote this thing all the time, you know? And the thing about the first movie for me was I was working at a radio station, and above us in Summerside PEI was a T-shirt shop. And so, it, I, but I don't have any pictures of the dozens of T-shirts I had made at this shop. Every time I went to see the movie, probably, you know, in a day and age where we don't do this anymore, I probably saw it a dozen times or so in the theater. And then I would get a T-shirt made. I had one made that said Bankman. I had one that said Spengler. I had I don't think I ever had a Z. Well, uh, for our video listeners, I am actually wearing my Venkman shirt. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it was. So the, so the movie to me was it was everything at that time like comedy was everything at that time and even even the other night when i was at the premiere at fort mcleod i found myself talking and acting like bill murray as as i will do <laughs> often and, and and just not quoting him but just that fast rapid pace comfortable delivery that bill murray has coming from from somebody who maybe and, and People think of Will Ferrell as a, as a cinematic idiot who has more confidence than he should for his position in life. The thing about Bill Murray was he had no right to act half of the ways that he did in any of the performances that we saw. But you always bought it and you always believed it because he wasn't a jerk about it and neither is Will Ferrell. And so for me, Ghostbusters was, was everything. And to hear that they were making a sequel, uh, I had moved to Halifax by that point. And that was where I first discovered what a movie premiere was and not everybody gets to go to them because <laughs> right. they because I was in Halifax and I told my older sister Wendy that oh I'm going to the Ghostbusters premiere on the Wednesday night and she said you need a ticket and I was like well I'll just get one at the door and for, <laughs> for those that don't live in the circles that a Christian does now and I do sometimes if you don't get to the door with a ticket you don't go in Correct. and they give yeah. away far too many of those tickets so most people don't get in, but the people who are meant to get in use, usually do. So I have been waiting for this movie for years and years and years, and not just seeing Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and Ernie Hudson in a Ghostbusters movie like they were in 2016, but actually seeing them as the characters because, and that's one of the great differences between a lot of comedic actors and Bill Murray is he isn't just putting on a funny cadence and being entertaining, is he's acting. Pete Venkman, yeah. 
is a performance, just like the character in Lost in Translation is a performance, or the great role that he, the great performance he gives in the new Wes Anderson movie, The French Dispatch. It's a, it's a performance. Unlike Ryan Reynolds, who I love, Ryan Reynolds in every movie is Ryan Reynolds. Bill Murray yeah. is not Bill Murray in every movie. So it meant, it meant every, everything. Yeah. I, I love it. I didn't bring it in with me, but I have my own Ghostbusters action figure. Oh, yeah. And uh, people can uh, follow you at Dan Reinish, R-E-Y-N-I-S-H, and they can see uh, that and also a lot of the photos you took at the location. What What is the name of the town in Alberta where they filmed it? Well, that's the beautiful thing that uh, that we point out in a in in a video that we did for Chat Television, the station that I work at here in Medicine Hat, is the the span of the movie actually covers 574 kilometers in real life. So the the places where they go, um, where the Yellow Bridge is, is in Dorothy, where the old uh, where the old grain elevator is, is in Dorothy. But the water tower is down the highway in a place called Drumheller, which is actually known as the dinosaur capital of the world. And then they also shot where they where they built. And, and, and you have to see the video that we put together to show you that Spinner's Cafe in what is what takes place in Somerville, Oklahoma, is, is an old parts department place. It used to be a gas station years ago, but right now it's just an empty building and they made this huge diner out of it. And that is 574 kilometers away from the movie marquee where Phoebe shoots at the ghost that they're trying to catch. So it, it, the making of this movie was done throughout Southern Alberta and the brilliant minds that, that put it together and decided that, well, we can use this from this town and that from that town and this from this hamlet and and then how they used the special effects to create to create the mountain uh, that takes the where some things take place in the movie you see the mountain in the trailers i'm not giving anything away yeah that's not giving anything we're, away. Still, yeah. we're still spoiler free but the the work the work that they've done here and then what i think is 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 beyond amazing is the walmart an american chain yes there you go the walmart that's that's been in the commercials with where, where paul rudd has some fun with a terror dog the walmart is in calgary so that's another few hundred kilometers oh, wow. another about 100 miles away from everything but yet when you watch the movie you see the mountain is in the background through CGI, and and I was when I was watching it again the other night, I was trying to look for any mistakes in in the CGI, trying to see oh oh like I haven't yet I'm so overwhelmed by the locations, the scenes, the fact that this is shot in a place that I know and know well, but I haven't really sat down and enjoyed it yet as a as a movie. I've been experiencing it the, the first few times as a production, and oh my gosh, Jason Reitman. Boy, his team really, really, really did something special here. Yeah, and uh, I think that uh, it is interesting that things are so spread out. And, uh, you know, the the diner looked like somewhere that I would want to go. And, uh, you know, that's movie magic for you. Turns out uh, that uh, it doesn't really exist. No. As with so many things that uh, that we see in the movies, it's uh, it's a little bit of, uh, of movie magic, as it were. Um, and, uh, we you know, we have a few people... Uh, in the chat. And uh, I think that uh, the fact that uh, Lynn B points out what a cutie I was, at least I assume you're talking about past tense, but you know what? I'm going to just assume that you were talking to Dan because look at that face. He is a cutie you, as well. Lynn. Thank you. Uh, 
And, uh, and, and Lynn says, I have a date with a 15 year old tomorrow. She's going to take, uh, one of her grandchildren, obviously. And, uh, yeah, I agree. My kids are a bit young, especially Lucy, who's not even quite four. There are too many ghosts. They are indeed afraid of some ghosts. And, uh, you know, Dominicus Saxon, uh, you didn't really miss too much because you popped in right at the beginning. This was scheduled to start at noon Pacific one mountain time. And uh, you're in Idaho, so I don't even know what time. I think actually it is mountain time for you, Dominic yeah. Saxon. But uh, you didn't miss anything because we just started early because we both had the time. And we were so excited to uh, speak about the ghosts, as it were. Uh, yeah, and I think that, uh, you know, there was a, there's a, a there were some false starts over the years about there having possibly been a Ghostbusters three. I know that uh, Bill Murray was not excited about the way that Ghostbusters two turned out, and that was a big stumbling block. Um, but just to to focus on Bill Murray for a second, the uh, Ghostbusters Bill Murray is peak Bill Murray. You know, it's uh, he's great in so many things, uh, but. He is really, you know, every bit the way you want, you know, from your Bill Murray. And, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it's a, it's a period of time where he kind of, he is, you're right. He's acting, he's giving very specific performances, but he's very similar, like in this movie and in Scrooge, which are, is another one of my favorite films. Love it. Love and it, yeah. uh, we have, we have sort of the, the elder statesman, Bill Murray. And uh, I, I enjoyed the, the French dispatch. Uh, I, I, he, yeah, he's, me too. I really did too. He's in it in an interesting way. And I think that uh, there are some different stories. I think some are more interesting than other, others. It's all fun to watch. Uh, I like Wes Anderson movies. Uh, even, even when they don't quite work, I find them enjoyable, at least, uh, you know, as a spectacle. Um, so I, I always enjoy seeing Bill Murray in whatever he's in, mm -hmm. but, I think that was a little bit of a disappointment that uh, we didn't get a Ghostbusters three. We actually had Dan Aykroyd on the old Dennis Miller show. And we made mm -hmm. some news because he said, no, Ghostbusters three is happening. We've gotten bill on board. Uh, and this was uh, before Harold Ramis, unfortunately had passed away. Uh, so we, and, and then apparently, I don't know. Somebody asked Bill Murray about it. He's like, I don't, I don't know what Dan's talking about. I'm not on board because I don't think he liked whatever script existed at that time. Yeah. And you know, that's like more than 10 years ago. I forget exactly when that was, but you know, Dan Aykroyd always kind of, uh, you know, being out in the forefront trying to get this done. And then again, you know, the interesting thing is of course that the film was envisioned with some different people in it originally. I'm talking about the original, yeah. uh, you know, I, I it was the part of Venkman, I believe was originally written for John Belushi. There was a moment where Eddie Murphy might've been Winston, but then, you know, he didn't need to be fourth build in a movie yeah. with anybody at that point, all of a sudden, you know, uh, and you know, it's interesting to think about, but I do think that everybody is, uh, is great. I do. I love these characters. And I always just one more thing about Bill Murray. I always thought it's interesting that the first season of the real Ghostbusters cartoon, the voice of Dr. Venkman is Lorenzo music who people know from Rhoda, but also as the yeah. voice of Garfield. Garfield yeah. And at some point, Bill Murray said, why do I sound like Garfield? I shouldn't sound like Garfield. So they replaced him with Dave Couillet, yeah. who did a little bit more of a Bill Murray impression. But then ironically, Years later, Bill Murray, of course, becomes the voice of Garfield in the Garfield movies. So, um, and uh, I, uh, I never liked season two Venkman as much as season one oh. Venkman. I, I just knew I'm like oh, I liked when he sounded like sounded like Garfield. 
You know? the, the, the voices in the cartoon, because because I know who they are, like Arsenio Hall playing Zedmore. I mean, it's Arsenio Hall for crying out loud. It's not it's not Winston Zedmore. But the cartoon yeah. is fun to go back and watch. I mean, it's it's extra content. And if you if you want to, there's a great there's you'll find it on YouTube. It's it's a series of interviews that Dan Aykroyd had done over the years leading up to whether or not there was going to be a Ghostbusters three. And it was always going to be younger and the OG Ghostbusters were going to have smaller roles in the movie. At one point, it was going to be Sigourney Weaver, Dana's child from, from uh, Ghostbusters 2. So there's been hundreds of scripts, but the thing was, Bill Murray always said no to them. And Dan Aykroyd has been fueling this thing for years. And it was finally, finally Jason Reitman coming up with an idea, which they mentioned the other night when they were on both Seth, My Seth Meyers and The Tonight Show, where they came up with an idea that everybody worked enough to say, okay, Let's let's come back and, and do this. And if you haven't seen it, there's a spectacular documentary out there called Cleaning Up the Town, which is oh, yeah. all about the production of, of the film and how they made it, how they did it. And there's a little bit in there about how they got it started. But yeah, the original script was about, uh, was about 140, 200 pages. Most Hollywood scripts are 90 to 110. And it took place in outer space. And yes, as, as Dan Aykroyd has said many times over the years, it was written for him, Belushi, and Eddie Murphy. And I mean, that would have been a completely different film. But as far as yeah. I'm concerned, I love the one we got. No, I do absolutely, uh, and I, I like to see that uh, there are people uh, excited about the movie. Jamaica Saxon actually mentioning that he's going to the movie tonight. He was going to go this afternoon, but Mrs. Saxon told him that he would not be going to the movie without her. Uh, Kame Egan wants to see it because uh, she watched the original and number two yesterday. The sequel was pretty bad, but not horrible. Yeah, I mean, by the let's see when that came out. I think I was thirteen, and I enjoyed it, but I also knew like, oh, this this was going back into the well. Look. It wasn't Caddyshack too. No. no. It also, yeah, no. The, the movie we we shall not speak of. Yeah, uh, but you know, and and I agree with Dominica Saxon. I've been waiting for this one since the first one, and I like this idea. Uh, Dominica Saxon also says, personally, I'm glad they waited so long because for us old timers, it's finally like going home again. And Kame uh, Egan does also. See, agree. I feel bad. I feel bad for people that have to wait either for their children or their spouses to go see this film. I was talking yeah. with some friends of mine here who said, well, they can't go see it till Sunday, maybe even not a couple of weeks yet because the kids oh, are coming from college. They want to share it with them. And, yeah. and, and I mean, I, I will rarely say how amazing it is to be a single man in 2021, <laughs> but I have gone a couple of times. And if I want to go after work tonight, I can just go. So yeah. I feel bad for people that have to wait because I there's there was there was a, the communal feeling both times in the theater was with people who were really excited to see it not one of those industry crowds like uh, somebody i might point to you know, the other side. <laughs> well, not like those industry crowds these are this is people who were desperate to go see this movie and i'm not saying there weren't those people in that industry crowd but but you've got people who were like the first time I saw it was in the town of Fort McLeod, where when you see Muncher the first time, that's where you see him. That's where the movie okay. marquee is that gets exploded. And every single time that that great little town came on screen, everybody in the theater was cheering for their town. And that was a fantastic feeling. Oh, Shout out to Fort McLeod, also the birthplace of legendary singer-songwriter Joni Mitchell, who lives down in uh, Laurel Canyon now, down there by you. Yeah, but, she's uh, my neighbor now, basically. Yes. Yeah. 
Well, the, uh, you know, again, the, the kids, of course, uh, my kids are not the right age for it, yeah. but if they were, I probably still would have gone to see it without them and then go see it again with them. Uh, but uh, I did want to uh, take a moment and share uh, just a, for our, our video audience, this is from Felix's second Night. Halloween. Uh, his first, his first Halloween actually, he was Booberry uh, from the breakfast cereal fame, and uh, interesting keeping the ghost theme for his first couple Halloweens. Um, he did not love the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man uh, costume uh, in the least, but uh, we literally this past Halloween we uh, donated our. We donated uh, those very same Ghostbuster costumes to uh, a, a, a from friends of my wife, who also uh, were able to actually wear them this year, which was of course oh, wow. uh, a lot of fun. So you know we held on to them for a long time, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I I I find it all to be fun to you know be able to do this stuff with the kids. But yes, there is of course this idea that the movie itself just might not be something that I, that I'm able to show them just yet. Not just uh, yet, but there was in, in one of the screenings, the second screening that I saw this week, there were some, there were some kids in it maybe between the ages of eight and 10. And there are some really good scares in this movie. It isn't just a, a horrific comedy. There's a couple of jumps. There's actually yeah, a couple for of sure. really good ones. And, and you can always tell if kids are enjoying a movie at a movie when they sit still and uh, as an adult, if the kids are quiet the whole movie, then I think they're enjoying it. Because as you know, when a kid starts to get restless and starts to shift around and then, then has to go to the bathroom, then they're not really having a good time. And and that's never great. So yeah, that that yeah, that was uh Lucy, my almost four-year-old, when I took them to see Clifford the Big Red Dog, uh, which is you know, it's uh a lot of times kids movies are made for adults to enjoy and uh, yeah. that that one I think they spent a little bit too much time trying to make the adults enjoy it and then therefore nobody was really happy uh but I have uh one more uh, photo to share in terms of this before we uh, are about to dive into the uh, movie itself you know I was talking about Felix at his uh, second Halloween yeah. being dressed up he was not a particularly happy state of marshmallow man and uh, this is from the end of the night for our visual audience. And uh, yeah, he did not enjoy wearing that costume. And so we never put him on it again. And uh, thank you, Cam A. Egan, for uh, talking about him being crazy adorable. This, of course, being several years ago, I like to think he's still a handsome fellow, but uh, very cool pick. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's fun to be able to do this stuff. Maybe one day we can get one of the kids dressed up as Slimer. Uh, so Kim Egan saying, I've seen a bunch of the reviews on platforms such as ours and said the film is great. I'm glad they did the film justice, unlike Blues Brothers 2000, although the music in that was great. Uh, but yeah, there's not much, you know, I, I think that uh, Ghostbusters, I mean, sorry, Blues Brothers 2000 is really right up there with uh, Caddyshack 2. You know, I think that uh, <laughs> that there could be film festivals of uh, sequels we never needed. And, I, had uh, the, I had the pleasure of seeing Blues Brothers 2000 with the production crew and the president of Universal Pictures Canada at the time when it came out. And I admit, I didn't know who he was. And so there was just a bunch of us talking to each other about the film and somebody asked me what I thought and I said, that's absolute garbage. It's just horrible. So the studio had yet to decide how big or not they were to go on marketing it and putting it out there. And I was telling this guy it was complete garbage and it, it was. And I subsequently learned to, uh, 
not tell studio heads things they don't want to hear. That doesn't bode well for you sometimes. But yeah, Blues Brothers 2000, that's one of those sequels that you can sit there and say beforehand, John Belushi had been had been gone, I want to say even 20 years by the time. Almost 20 years that. at that point, yeah. Because so I mean, I think he died in 1982, yeah. so yeah. There was no point to make it. And, and yeah. the thing about the Ghostbusters is they've been trying to make this movie for forever and and as much as as much as it has been jason reitman who sat there and and i mean he has said he woke up one day with the thought of a young girl standing in a field holding a proton pack now if you have read if you have read viola ramus's book ghostbusters daughter harold ramus's daughter has written a spectacular book which if you love ghostbusters and harold ramus you must read it she was talking about the fact that the fact that her father was a ghostbuster meant that she got to put the costume on and carry the proton pack. And so as the, as Ghostbusters Afterlife was in pre-production, I kept thinking of, of Violet Ramis's book, and I kept thinking, well, I wonder how much of it, if anything, was inspired by that. And the the, the, the tragic death of Harold Ramis in, in, in 2014 meant that we would never see the original four together again. But the franchise is worth too much money for them not not to do one and i mean i think we should spend a couple of minutes talking about the the 2016 film but yeah. there was always going to be another one and and i'm glad they did it they did it right like the the, the movies that you'll mention in a moment that that made you, that that you were thinking about when you're watching it i was really thinking about force awakens i was really thinking about how they made it for the fans and they went yeah. back into the past and and obviously we can talk about star wars the force awakens without having to yell spoiler alert but the, the the power, even though we'd seen it in the trailer, the power of hearing Han Solo say Chewie were home when he walked on the Millennium Falcon. I mean, forget about it, right? What a moment. That was that was an incredible, incredible moment. And and I I can probably tell you, well, I'm gonna tell, I'm just gonna say the way that Sony marketed this movie, they gave too much of it away. They put too much of it in the yeah, trailer. They should have left some of it be a surprise. They put too much of it away. So, so we're until we say spoiler alert over. Yeah, we're not which, it away. Well, we're going to talk for a few more minutes uh, because I know a lot yeah. of people are excited to see it. Some as soon as today. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about the movie. We won't give away any big spoilers, but we're going to talk a little bit about it in a moment. Um, you know, you mentioned it. What did you think of the Paul Feig 2016 Ghostbusters? Mostly it was fun. Again, I like all of those actresses. It was fun to see anyone play in the universe, but it did feel unnecessary. Even when it was over, I'm like, I enjoyed some of that, but I don't know that I needed it at all. Uh, going into this one, I was wondering, do we need it? And then they let me know that actually I did need it, which I appreciated. But what did you think of what people refer to as Lady Ghostbusters, the female Ghostbusters, or, you know, but ghost, the 2016 Ghostbusters from Paul Feig? The anger, the sexism, the garbage that people were talking about, no female Ghostbusters, all of that. I grew up in a house of women. I'm friends with women. All of that to me was just junk and still is junk to this day. Now, Paul Feig is one of the greatest comedic directors of this generation possibly having directed the best episode of the office the dinner party one the timing in that the direction the skill it would have taken for him to have to make the decision to stop 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 a director actually does have to do things a director has to make decisions a director has to take charge and a director can't just let their actors go go crazy whether it's a comedy 
or or anything. So Paul Feig, between that ep that off that episode of The Office and Freaks and Geeks, Paul Feig, Freaks and Geeks is some of the greatest teenage stuff ever. Paul Feig is a director I love, I admire, I love Kristen Wiig, I respect Melissa McCarthy, Leslie Jones, I was never the biggest fan of her on Saturday Night Live, and Kate McKinnon, I have no problems with. But the 2016 Ghostbusters answer, the call was garbage. It was just garbage. And I'm not saying that because I'm a lifelong Ghostbusters fan. You can have people from all types of, of walks of life and all races and colors be in a movie, but the movie itself was garbage. Paul Feig let the actresses do whatever they wanted. And that's one of the reasons that the original Ghostbusters and a lot of serious comedies that have come after that is if you're going to exist in a world like that, you have to exist in a serious plane and let the weird stuff happen around you. And right. Kate McKinnon in Ghostbusters 2016, her entire character was ridiculous. The scene where they where they were going in to find the ghost for the first time, and then all of a sudden she isn't there, and you see her and she's got her head on the shelf beside the other, the other characters and stuff. It's like, you're supposed to be taking what you're doing seriously, which is why I as a viewer take what you're doing seriously. But you're just goofing around and being an idiot and all that stuff, and then out of nowhere, when they're back in the lab, there's DeBarge's Rhythm of the Night playing, and they're dancing around as a way for us to see, oh, she is wacky, and she is goofy, and all of those sorts of things. And Paul Fig gave us a great co comedy called Bridesmaids. With right. Melissa McCarthy, it made her career. But everything that he's done with her after that, he's let her run rampant, do whatever she wants. She's doing too much improv and playing around, and I think, I think he's not making the decisions as a director he needs to make. Since Bridesmaids, I don't think Melissa McCarthy has been in anything that's been good. Hasn't no, been in, I, I know people have liked Spy, and they like that one she did with Jason Bateman, and, and but she hasn't been in anything good. And that was the problem for, for me with, with Ghostbusters 2016, is the movie didn't take itself serious. I know it's a comedy, but the movie didn't take itself serious enough. Now, Leslie Jones was a revelation in that movie. She was fun, she was funny, the character was great. Chris Hemsworth was spectacular. There's some things in the movie to like. Yeah, I agree. I watched it again a few weeks ago because I'm a Ghostbusters fan and I'm going through everything as I usually do every year or two anyway. But when you sit there and you watch it, it's like, okay, they spent the money to make it, but they made it like it was an episode of The Office and not a serious action film. So anybody who likes it, I say good for you. Uh, the fact that it, it, it brought some female empowerment into the world, I think that's spectacular as well. That's tremendous. But it just isn't a good movie. It's awful. It's awful as far as I'm concerned. I, I own it. It's on the shelf. I have the limited edition Blu-ray Steelbook that I have with all my other Ghostbusters movies. But I will watch it again in my life. But if I'm going to watch a Ghostbusters movie, it just doesn't work. Plus, from a production point of view, you know, there are some scenes in the new movie because I know the locations that I can say, oh, that's on a soundstage, that's not real. Right. But the lighting is pretty good. The lighting in in Ghostbusters Answer the Call, Ghostbusters 2016, as I call it, you can see where they go from being on a location to a set. And yeah. and and I know if you watch if you watch enough James Bond locations, James Bond movies over the years, you can always see when they go from a location to the huge soundstage in England. But Ghostbusters 2016, to me, failed because Paul Feig, as a director, failed. He didn't wrangle in his actresses and his actors when he needed to. And the joke about the soup 
and not enough noodles being in the soup. I know they wanted that to pay off, but because a joke doesn't pay off, doesn't make it funny. If it pays off, it doesn't make it funny either, but it has to go somewhere. There has to be a payoff for, for a comedy. There has to be some sort of a reward. Use the joke of three, the rule of three, if you want to, but there has to be a joke there. And I, there just wasn't enough. And I'm going to stop now because I could probably. No, 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 that's, that's fine. And, and obviously, you know what you speak when it comes to comedy, because as we know that uh, comedy was clearly invented in Canada because of uh, all of the so many, so many great uh, comedic minds and voices uh, have, uh, of course, come from there. Uh, we, we were talking about kids in the hall before we even started. Uh, so, uh, let's see, Cammy. Canadians. Canadians in Ghostbusters. Ivan Reitman's Canadian. Dan yeah. Aykroyd is Canadian. You know, so there's a, I, I know, I know that, uh, uh, I know the younger Reitman wasn't born here, but I know he's been. Jason Reitman was Jason not, Reitman. yeah, but it's in his blood. You know, it's fine. So, uh, Kemi Egan says that 2016 Ghostbusters was awful and ranks right up there with Caddyshack 2 and Blues Brothers 2000. Yeah. The cast for the 2016 film was great. The writing was horrible. The jokes were stupid. And what was the point of having Chris Hemsworth? I agree with Dan, though, that I do think it was funny. But yeah, I mean, it was, and uh, Dominicus just says I was not a fan at all. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I always say if somebody sees a movie and doesn't like it, uh, they don't have to like it. I think that the the narrative on that film came long before yeah. I think they'd even started filming it, that it was going to be terrible. Uh, and then sometimes, you know, that, that narrative heading into something turns out to be wrong. And then unfortunately for that film, it actually wasn't very good. Sometimes but, movies just don't work. Like let's yeah. let's be honest about it. You and I see a lot of movies. I yeah. think you were bigger on Eternals than I was. I thought Eternals was just awful. But yeah, I, I, I know, I know, I know plenty of people who feel yeah. uh, the same way you did. Yeah. But if somebody, if somebody loves it, like that's the point of movies, right? Movies, music, books, yeah. all of these things. That's the point. They're there to entertain us, and we hope for the best going in. But sometimes, you know, I do, I, I do ninety minutes of news every day, and I'm not perfect every day, but. I do my best every day and I want it to be great. And I know that every person who works on a film wants it to be great. But you know what? Sometimes sometimes it just doesn't happen. Sometimes you write Eddie Murphy improvs here and it just doesn't work. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't work. Uh, and Kim Hagen points out, of course, Bill Murray and Harold Ramis are great Chicagoans. Uh, biased because uh, I live there. That's that's the second home of comedy. Uh, second, second city. city. Second home yeah. of Canada, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so what did you think of Ghostbusters 2016? I, I took up all of that. Time. No, I, I, I did not really like it there. Like you kind of highlighted things that I thought were funny about. It. I thought I, I did actually always like Leslie Jones because she kind of came from out of nowhere on SNL because she was only hired as a writer. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, she just started, you know, doing these, you know, the way that she would flirt with Colin Jost on Weekend Update was just very funny for me. And, and sort of like, you know, in the style of the way that Eddie Murphy would be on what wasn't called Weekend Update at the time, but the way that he would come on there and just sort of deliver, yeah. you know, and, and I thought it was a great platform for her. And uh, so, yeah, I think she was good in that. But, yeah, I think that for the most part. I agree with you. I haven't liked Melissa McCarthy in something in a very long time. And, you know, the, 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 the sitcom that she did, Mike and Molly, they reimagined her character to make it more like that movie. Yeah. And it, she was a school teacher and it didn't work. And you made the show work less, yeah. which I, I felt bad for Billy Gardell, who was a friend of the old Dennis Miller show, very funny comedian out of Pittsburgh. And uh, he had, he had a show that uh, went on long enough to, I believe, get into syndication. So good for him. 
but it didn't the show didn't go where it, it needed to i think yeah. because they got blinded by the fact like oh we have this person on the show and yeah they they let her do too much you know i mean uh, I know well, family, family Ties did that too after Back to the Future hit. I mean, the original Family Ties was originally about the parents, and then Michael J. Fox became the biggest star in the world. And and the the series Family Ties worked as a series even after they made it about Alex P. Keaton and not about the parents. So sometimes yeah. sometimes if you reimagine a show after somebody's been yeah. in a successful movie, it can work. But no, Mike and Molly, no, uh, no. I mean, Happy Bob Days Hart wasn't Hart Happy Hart Days Hart wasn't Hart about Hart. Fonzie. Family Matters wasn't about Urkel. You know, and sometimes you realize, like, oh, no, no, this is what we have to do. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, you, you can have all these examples of, of mm -hmm. things that get in the way. But, uh, yeah, so I wasn't sure when we might ever get more Ghostbusters because of that movie. I thought it might oh. actually take a while. And I think and, there was a great article in Variety about that, too, is the fact that, that Ghostbusters Answer the Call or Ghostbusters 2016 might have killed Ghost Corpse, which was a corporation that Sony put together to try to find a way to make more Ghostbusters movies. And, and there was a chance that 2016 killed it. But when, when that teaser trailer came out uh, of the old farmhouse, the old barn, and it flew open and then the wind blew the cloth off of the car that happened to be the Ecto in this old garage. When that came in, it was like, oh my gosh. And then you start to hear more about who's doing it and why. And you start to hear the the, the original Ghostbusters are coming back. And, and, and that's one of the things that they really did well here is uh, they, they took not just the original Ghostbusters source material, but as you mentioned, Goonies and some of the other things that uh, I threw in The Force Awakens, the source material and the cookies that they've put in here, they, 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 they did it right by putting this together. Now, I hope we don't find out if they do a second one. I hope we don't uh, find out that, uh, that Phoebe's parents aren't Skywalkers and uh, that they weren't, uh, the, yeah. that they, the, the director who's coming in to do the next one is allowed to come up with his own story that has nothing to do with nothing one or three. And then, the, and then they'll fix it all for the third one. But, fix it all uh, yeah. So, all right. So let's talk about Ghostbusters Afterlife, not with the spoilers just yet, but we're getting pretty close to where we have to mention some of the spoilers. Yeah. But uh, I thought that it, it starts and ends. Look, uh, we've all seen movies where children are cast incredibly well and it, and it's a revelation and you're so excited, but Absolutely. we've also all seen movies where kids are not cast well and no sure. fault to those kids because not every kid should be an actor and not every kid should be a certain kind of actor. Right. You'll see kids who are on TV shows and movies where it just doesn't work, but the actress that plays Phoebe, who uh, is the lead in really the star of the movie, mm -hmm. I thought that she was great. It's the perfect tone for this character. I love her bad jokes. Uh, there's one that is actually a favorite sort of bad, like barroom joke of mine. Uh, you and know, the, the, the grasshopper joke. Yeah. Yeah. That was always a favorite of mine. Yeah. And I love that, that that's a little character thing, uh, in here, obviously America, America, sorry, North America and the world love Paul Rudd. He's the sexiest man alive. We all know yeah. it. And, uh, he, he look, he looks Did maybe you know? what. He looks maybe one year older than he did in Clueless. I, I don't. Yeah. I won't say he hasn't aged. He looks like he's aged about a year. Yeah, <laughs> in twenty five years. Yeah. Uh, but and uh, so you know, I think that the, there there's some great pieces at work here, and 
You left out the harbor. You left out Vancouver's own Finn Wolfhard. How could you leave out the Canadian of the of the new kid? And and I shouldn't have. Uh, but <laughs> I I was uh, you know, and I just think that the fact that you know it really is kind of like a force awakens because it is sort of like, Hey, remember all this stuff, we're going to show it to you, mm -hmm. but in a way where it's hard to not be excited. I mean, look, it's in the trailer, but when you actually, when you see the Ecto one actually driving around and you hear the noise, you're like, yeah, how am I not going to be, how am I not going to be that eight year old kid that I showed earlier in the Ghostbusters shirt when you actually get to see the Ecto one driving around. And uh, I think that, they the pacing is pretty much just about right. It's like, yeah, there's some weird stuff going on. We don't see ghosts right away. So I think that the story happens in a great way. And uh, there's I don't a, know if you can see this, but there's me with the Ecto one in Fort McLeod outside the theater. I know I know I wish I I can't get the brightness off the phone or I would show this, but it's that's like that's all right. But then well, at, at Dan Reinish, they could find yeah. uh, all, all of these. Uh, I have been near one Ecto one replica in my life, and that was at a Comic Con in Phoenix. And it wasn't a very good replica, but just being yeah. near it, I was giddy. I was yeah. giddy. And you've seen me around celebrities. I don't get giddy. I'm pretty <laughs> cheerful all the time anyway, but I don't get giddy. When yeah. I was around that car uh, outside the theater that's in the movie, I was giddy. Like it just, it made me, like the Ecto one is. As New York was for the first two films, Ecto was one of the stars of the movie. Agreed. Yeah. And and being around that car is spectacular. And you're right. There is there are hundreds of movies out there where they have very poorly cast child actors. The example that I will give, and again, as you said, no fault to the kid. They're just doing what what adults are advising them. But the the kid that was in Shazam, not the one that played the younger version of Shazam, but the one that played his buddy. The yeah. funny guy that's also in it and some other movies as well. He doesn't work for me. Like he's just obnoxious. But these kids are down to earth. They're funny. They're friendly. They're well written. They're well directed. They they seem to be good people. And it's like McKenna Grace, who is Phoebe. I, I'm I'm excited to see what she does next. I mean, her her single plays over the end credits. Spoiler alert! It just finally got released. You'll find it on iTunes and YouTube today. And you know, she's got the talent. I originally thought, oh, they're going to make this too much like Stranger Things when Finn Wolfhard was cast in it. But for me, he works as well. Those four work together. And for me, as much as Phoebe was spectacular, the revelation is the is podcast. Podcast in this movie, yeah. he's just great. They got four. The adult actors are all exceptionally well cast as well. But they nailed it with the with the with the children yes. actors because uh, it could be it could have been a throwaway if, if they if they didn't work. But they uh, worked. Lo Logan Kim is the name of yeah, the, the Kim, young yeah. actor who plays podcast. And uh, you know, you and I both sort of had a feeling where uh, we feel like they could have done more with Carrie Coon in the movie. I think that uh, you know it's good casting in that we know we like her and other things. So mm -hmm. perhaps subsequent films we will get her more involved uh but you know it, it and and we get more of paul rudd in the movie but at the same time you're like well when paul rudd's in your movie why don't we get more paul rudd uh but you know it's uh that's that's kind of a you know sort of a minor feeling i think i'm uh, hoping and, i'm hoping there's a director's cut because when you watch all of the trailers yeah. they put out there there's a there's an abundance of things you don't see in the movie and if we got to spend more time with like the movie itself is 124 minutes comedies are usually 90 to 100 so it's already yeah. 
a little bit longer than it should be, but it, it works. For me, it works. It, it doesn't play long and it doesn't, it doesn't play unnecessary. But I'm thinking maybe because, you know, we're in that age now where movies only play movies only play theatrically for three weeks. Like if you go onto your iTunes right now, you can pre-order Ghostbusters Afterlife already. It'll be out on Blu-ray December 31st. I already pre-ordered my, my limited edition steelbook from, from the UK. So this movie is, is going to be available for us to watch at home. And, and I'm hoping on that blue on the Blu-ray, which is two discs, so plenty of special features. But if there's yeah. a director's cut, no problem for me. I want to see more of everybody. No, I agree. And uh, uh, let's give a shout out to Celeste O'Connor, who played Lucky. Uh, yeah. Was, uh, I think that the the interaction uh, between her and Trevor, who is the character played by Finn Wolfhard, mm. uh, I, I think that uh, that that is definitely fun. And look, the, the I've made the comparison to Goonies earlier in the show and elsewhere. Yeah, because that. you're a big Goonies fan, and I I haven't seen it probably in years. Like, yeah, I no, I haven't in a while. But I remember when I was a kid watching Goonies, and it was like, oh, this is this is like a grown up movie, but the kids are doing it. So I mm -hmm. liked that. You know, and I haven't yeah. actually seen Goonies in a while myself, in all honesty. But I remember the feeling I had seeing Goonies as a kid and seeing that, oh, look, these kids. And yeah, you know, Trevor's a bit older. I mean, I guess, uh, you know, he's uh, he's in high school. But, yeah. you know, they're still kids and yeah. kids being able to do stuff that we saw the grown up Ghostbusters in, in the earlier film. So it's cool to see them, you know, being able to, with varying degrees of success, figure out how things work. Uh, and so I, I thought that it was really fun in that way. Um, I yeah. think that we're getting pretty close to the point where if anybody doesn't want anything spoiled, and I'm well, going to admit, there's one more thing before. Yeah, before go, ahead, we, go ahead. Now, I, I, I am by nature a critical human being. Sure. And so while I sit here and say that I loved this movie, I absolutely can appreciate and have read some really strong reviews about why it's awful. And, and, and I could, I could see that. Like, I mean, much like force awakens, there's a lot of emotion here. You hear, you hear that it's heart is in the right place. A lot of people, a lot of fans on the ghostbusters fans on, uh, on Facebook, that group there, a lot of people talking about how the movie's heart is in the right place, but the, 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 the story isn't the strongest. There's a lot of things left out. There's a lot of lines that have to be drawn because you know, the history of these characters. Yeah, I agree. And, and so I I could easily easily sit here with anybody who says they hate it and do an hour talking about why the movie doesn't work. Absolutely. And some funny things that I'm not sure if I mentioned to you either, but because I know what some of the buildings are in the movie is the fact that, oh, really? Well, that that's a small town that has two of those. So it's a, <laughs> it's a, there's, some, there's some unique things about it. Uh, but I could totally see why people don't, don't yeah. like it. But... But it just, for me, as a fan of the series and somebody who is, and I, I will say this as cheesy as this sounds, my heart was open for this movie. I wanted it, and I wanted it to be great. And I think that made a difference. And you go into some movies, like I go into every movie hoping it's going to be good. I don't want to waste my time. But I was open to this being great, and I was hopeful it wouldn't let me down the way that Ghostbusters 2016 had by trying and failing. So yeah. I get I get anybody any bad review that's written by people saying oh they did this they did that or I can't believe they did this or I've talked to some friends who didn't get into some of the things that they did and I was like yeah you know what I get it but at the same time I loved it yeah and uh, you know any 
<clears throat> any of the posts that I made about it, I do use the word flawed because it's not perfect, but you know, if you really analyze a lot of movies, there's something about them that doesn't always quite work, even yeah. years later, things that don't make sense. And uh, in general, my feeling was that, uh, you know, I really had a lot of fun with it mm -hmm. and it was exciting. And, you know, being able to sort of experience these things, you know, and they're in the commercial. And, you know, I had a friend who was like worried about the the mini stay puffs. They're cute, but they're completely unnecessary in this movie. Oh, there's yeah. no, there's no logic to them, you know. But it, they, you know, it's the ultimate fan service because remember the big guy. Remember how mad my son Felix was dressed up as him. Yeah. So you know, but uh, I think that uh, for the it, it certainly works in a way that Ghostbusters 2016 didn't. And you know, I don't think I was gonna let myself open my heart for this movie because of how I felt about that last. Yeah, you were skeptical. You, I think you were very skeptical. No, no, that I was skeptical heading out. To me, that's always a better feeling. If you're not sure going in, and you're like, "Oh, I wonder if this is gonna be good," and then you see it, and you have so much fun, and it is good. There's so much about it mm -hmm. that's good. Um, so now is the point where I'm going to put up a little notice, uh, that we're going to be talking about spoilers for the movie. And there are some big ones, you know, uh, there's some things that people can guess at, and there's other things that you can't guess at. Do we you know? want to know, are we going to spend the rest of this hour? So we're going to spend the full nine minutes spoilers well we more? might go, we yeah. might go into 12 minutes or something okay. but you know about yeah but uh so if there's anything that you want to uh get it i mean we can uh, tie it up however we want okay but if yeah, there's well, something that you want to make sure to get to before we talk about spoilers so i just went for people who are just listening to the audio i don't want them to uh to jump in and say are the spoilers done yet no yeah so for our audio <laughs> listeners there really won't be anymore so you right. can come back and and revisit what we have to say after the fact and the same yeah. is yeah but see dominica saxon some people just love the spoilers i i know if you my friend zia who i did shows with for years she always okay. wanted to know the spoilers and, and after, after oh, avengers endgame i was like i will not tell you the spoilers they were too they're too important to the movie i i you know so sometimes i won't tell but if you're still watching, and that's why this is, you know, because people might stumble across it. That's why it's on the screen. Yeah. So now we're going to talk about the spoilers in terms of the movie. And it's, I mean, look, we see Annie Potts in the trailer. We yeah. know she's in it. And did any of the trailers show the, the any of the original Ghostbusters or had yeah. they kept that out of the trailers? The final trailer that they put out that uh, that gave away the uh, that gave away the terror dogs that gave away uh, Zool's lair. The final trailer had uh, Bill Murray saying, "Hey, did you miss us?" Yeah, and, and that that uh, that trailer uh, you heard him say that in that in that Pete Bankman tone, and yeah. there was a close up of their hands where you could see that Bill Murray had the wedding ring on, and yeah. so it was like, okay, so. You know, the, the, they they did. Sony gave too much away. Like, I mean, the yeah. one trailer where they showed, I mean, I guess you didn't know that it was Egon, but at the same time, you probably did. Like, that was the one trailer I wish I didn't see because I didn't. I figured that's how the movie started, and I wish I wish that I I hadn't seen that one trailer to know that. Okay, so that's how it starts. It starts with Egon, and then it'll and then we will learn more about Egon, and and they had also been. 
about a week and a half ago, uh, Jason Reitman in his interviews had been saying, oh yeah, the movie is dedicated to Harold Ramis. And so we, we knew the family was happy with the film and, and that. But yeah, the, 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 the commercials gave too much away. Like you knew yeah. Bill Murray was going to be in it. But I tell you, the first time I saw that commercial and heard his voice, I cried like a baby. I was just <laughs> so happy to, to know that there's, there's Bill Murray as Pete Venkman again, yeah. Dr. Peter Venkman. And uh, what was he going to lay on us? And there was yeah. a couple of lines. Um, you, you could sort of tell that maybe they did some editing around the lines that, that Bill Murray threw when he was out there. Like the one where he said, we're going to be inside having cocoa. One of us will put rum in it. So, yeah. you know, there, so there were some nice things. And the other, the other great line that, that he said was, he goes, he goes uh, or on the count of three, go on two. I'm going to use that one the rest of my life. I'm using yeah. that one the rest of my life. But, it, but yeah. Yeah, the, the trailers, the commercials gave yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, uh, I, you know, I'm actually not sure that I saw that trailer or I paid enough attention to it, okay. but I, I felt like I knew that they were in it. And, but you're right. Even so, seeing him as Peter Venkman, just hearing, because look, Bill Murray in 2021 or whatever, 2019, when they shot this, doesn't talk like that in movies anymore. He didn't talk like that in the French Dispatch. He didn't talk like that in Lost in Translation. You know, He's got the gray hair. I love, I love, yeah, I know. I love the gray, gray hair, hair one. Yeah. And the fact that he was talking like that was great. And, uh, you know, the fact that uh, I think that, uh, you know, the the Ray that we see has uh, really gone whole hog into conspiracies and he has the occult bookstore. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, Winston was pretty much the same, you know, <laughs> but uh, it was great to see all of them. It was very exciting. And I thought it was really fun. Uh, of course, the line of the movie is when, they say like, oh yeah, no, we're gods. We're all gods because yeah. of uh, the lesson clearly learned 30 years earlier. That was great. But, and I told you that uh, I got overly emotional when we actually saw, because look, we have, we have sort of representation of Egon kind of turning the light, helping things along, but we don't see him. So we didn't know that we would see him. And I thought that like, you know, look, he passed away. It makes sense that we're not going to see him. That, mm -hmm. Had we not seen him, I wouldn't have faulted them for it. But the fact that we did see him was like, oh, no, I wasn't ready for that. You know, and, uh, wow. you know, the the fact that, uh, you know, his his daughter gets to see him, the fact that his grandkids get to meet him. Um, I liked the touch that we that he didn't speak, by the way. I thought yeah. that we got to see him and then he just kind of did some gestures and uh, but that was very emotional for me to be able to see Egon in the movie because I had sat there for an hour and a half just figuring we wouldn't, you know. Yeah. See, I I wasn't sure which way it was going to go, but when we saw when we saw Stance Begman and Zedmore, I, I yeah. cried like a baby. Like the timing of that was just right, though. It was like, hey. And then yeah. there was a bit of a break there so that you could sort of like either cheer, which I did, or cry, which I did. And <laughs> but the the way that they the reveal, the reveal of Egon to me was also was also perfect. Like I don't necessarily think they had to give everybody their moment with him. What yeah. what I thought was telling though was the fact that that uh, Dan Aykroyd had a really nice line and Zedemore had a really nice line, Ernie Hudson, Ernie Hudson had a really nice line. Um because of the because of the way that Bill Murray sort of threw Harold Ramis out of his life after they made Groundhog Day, for whatever reason we may never know, they did reconcile at the end. But but 
I'm I'm glad the all Bill Murray said was I thought you'd show up. I'm glad they didn't try to make it some sort of lifetime reconciliation between these two guys in there. And uh, but it was it was beautiful. My God, it was beautiful. I'm holding back the tears here now. I'm I'm totally holding them back because it was it was just beautiful and I and I loved it. Now I have talked to some friends who have seen it and said, Oh, did we really need all of that? It was just like you know what, I would have yes. taken. I, I feel it. like I did need that. I, I definitely needed that. Yeah. And I didn't know I needed it. Uh, but, uh, and then in, in the chat, I'm not going to put it up because I want to leave the spoiler alert there. But Cam Egan says, was Egon supposed to be married to Annie Potts? Uh, Janine character, Dominica Saxon. So they always assume those two wound up together. So he thinks that's a storyline they went with. Uh, in all honesty, it is not entirely clear um, it could go either way. They could decide in another movie to tell us, yes, that's their grandmother or yeah. no, that's just a lady that he knew. And then, you know, well, yeah. I think that's what, that's what they did with that final, final clip right at the very end. It was like, yeah. you know, you're not getting Bill Murray back for another one of these movies, yeah. but you could probably get Ernie Hudson and Annie Potts back for another one. Agreed. So, I mean, yeah. so if you, so the way that they wrote the end of it there, there could be more in the Spengler family. I also yeah. love the fact that they didn't identify them themselves, their last name as Spengler until, until even though we figured it out, obviously. Yeah. But it was like, we didn't hear it, you know. Uh, so there was just, there was so much beautiful, there was so much beautiful stuff there. But I will tell you, uh, I've been describing the movie as magnificent and it had everything I wanted but one thing. And I knew, as much as you didn't know you needed Harold Ramis, there was one thing that I wanted, and I knew it wasn't going to be there. And it breaks my heart still that it isn't there. But Rick Moranis. Yeah, I I wonder how hard it would be to explain his character there. But I also have to wonder, did they ask him? And he said no because he doesn't do much anymore. I know he did that commercial with the aforementioned Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, but you, he he's essentially retired from acting. Well, so, if, you, if you go if you go to my YouTube page, I interviewed Rick Moranis about six years ago, okay. and we talked we talked about all of this sort of stuff. And his wife got sick. He just quit the business. He didn't like being on movie sets. He lives in New York. He doesn't really do anything. I begged him to try to get a role in 30 Rock. I thought he would be perfect in 30 Rock. But Rick Moranis has agreed he's going to be in, they're making a TV series for Disney Plus out of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, starring Josh Gad. So he's going to be in it. Josh Gad is the son from Honey, I okay. Shrunk the Kids. And Rick Moranis is going to be in it. So he says yes to things that work. But when I interviewed him, he's not the type of guy that looks back. Like he doesn't look yeah. back. Like he's, he's, he's grateful people like me look back on SCTV and Ghostbusters and, and all of the things that I wanted to talk to him about. But for him, it was a job he had 30 years ago. And and it's he's not without emotion for it, but yeah. he think of it. And I also once talked to, to Judge Reinhold about movies, and he said the same thing too. It was like, you'll go work on a movie for a month and then you move on to another job. And a movie to, to fans becomes something bigger than the actors that are in it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And uh, I, I did agree because I, I think I had seen that you posted that somewhere or you mentioned it. Maybe you just mentioned it to me. And, and, I, and I, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I love Rick Moranis and I would have uh, it would have been great to see him. Uh, I think if the the explanation was he wasn't available because he was too busy making Strange Brew 2, then I'd be like, yeah, that's perfectly fine. I, I could. Yeah, I would I would accept that. But. Yeah. Uh, so, and then of course there is the sort of this, you know, and, and I should have said this before we brought down the spoiler curtain, but I've been telling people that they have to stay to the very end. 
Yeah. Because like a Marvel movie, there's a mid credit scene and an end credit scene. And that's the interesting thing. Like during the credits, they're telling you everybody is in it. And then it says Sigourney Weaver. And I'm like, oh, wait, was that because that uh, because Zool sort of looked like her? And then it was like, oh, no, there she is. And that's a fun scene. Right she, she's right after that. But yeah, yeah. it would have been more so, fun. No, it was like instantly. And yeah. it was like, uh, you know, you want to talk about a sequence we didn't need. But boy, did I enjoy it. I loved yeah. watching uh, watching the two of them together. I thought that that was fun. And then, look, sort of this idea of uh, Winston buying back the old firehouse and the fact that the containment unit is still filled with some ghosts. It's got the red light. Uh, whatever that means for the future, I'm excited. You know, I, well, the fun thing was the uh, the firehouse they used at the end is the one in L.A., the one that I've never actually been to, the one where they shot the interiors for the original movie in. And so the the it ends it ends on this. So while it was while it was ninety nine percent shot right here in Alberta, keep Alberta rolling. There's great locations and great crews here if you're looking for a place to come and make a movie. But the last scene, the last scenes in the movie all took place on the streets of L.A. in that uh, poor old firehouse, which looks exactly like the one in New York. Yeah, no, that that that's great. And uh, so yeah, what is your what do you, what did you feel sort of with the the way that you know the film ended and then we got these extra scenes and sort of heading into the future of uh, you know what seems like more Ghostbusters? Well, Jason Reitman has been non-committal on whether there'll be another one. So people have said, okay, now that you've done this, are you planning? Uh, obviously, the cast is young; they, they can use them for another ten or twenty years, and then sure. reintroduce them as the second phase of Ghostbusters. The the Sigourney Weaver Bill Bill Murray scene loved it was hoping for something, you know, the two of them are magic together. He has he has been on record, he has been on record saying acting with her has made him a better actor. And and it does. And you can totally see the joy and love between them. And again, that's acting. That's not just putting two people together in a scene and, and hoping something comes of it. But the payoff in that scene is also great for the fans, for somebody that's been there from the beginning. Uh, the, the 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 second ending, the one with uh, with Zedmore and uh and with Annie Potts and Ernie Hudson, uh it's and that's just there to set the future up. I, I thought it was yeah. irrelevant. I actually, actually, actually had to convince myself to stay to see that scene again because I didn't, I didn't need to see that scene again. But the the coin that she gives Harold Ramis before we see the recently shot scene that's a that's an outtake from from the first movie. So so it's nice to see that old I mean, and, there. So yeah, and I, and I love that because yeah. she's like she's like, don't worry, I have another one. And it and it's it's a it's a funny moment and it shows the good chemistry they had. But remember, in Ghostbusters two, Annie Potts was with Lewis Tully. So yeah. I mean, she wasn't with Egon because because of that. But there's also a funny clip when when they're watching. Um, and there's so many so so many great little things here. But when the Phoebe character is watching clips of uh, Ghostbusters from 1984 on YouTube, you see the scene where Ivan Reitman's wife and the two kids come running out of the the spook central and that is jason reitman and his sister catherine uh right. there That's so he's right. actually been he's actually had something to do with all three of the of the mainstream ghostbusters films and 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 he is the child in the second one who tells the ghostbusters at the party they're awful and catherine ivan reitman's daughter is the one who's playing with the puppy uh, under Dan Aykroyd's supervision. So there's there's so much here for people that love the series and for people who are just being introduced to it now. I hope they get the joy and, and the fun that, that yeah. people worked into it. And and Adam Savage has done some great behind the scenes videos of, of the of the house and the sets and the way that they built it and done things. And and uh, and I hope there's more of that coming. 
I, I can't wait to see all the special features on the Blu-ray, but I didn't think we needed that that second scene. There there could have been more, but I don't want to. I wouldn't profess to sit here and tell you what they might have done. Yeah, and I mean, if they do go on to make a movie, you know that that follows that pulls on those yeah. threads. It's sure that's fine that they set it up. Uh, and then I guess if they don't ever make another one, then in our mind, we know that, uh, yeah, but that's what happened next. You know, Winston yeah. uh, carried the torch. So yeah, it, it works kind of either way, but yeah, I mean, I think that the, obviously the, the, the uh, Vankman and Dana scene was just, you know, for us to be so excited and enjoy and it was funny yeah. and it was great. Um, well, Dan, I hope that a lot of people check out uh, the movie uh, this weekend because uh, it's, uh, it, it's great. I mean, I've been, I've been going back to the movie theaters now since the end of June and, uh, I've seen some movies for the first time on my television. I've seen others, you know, on my laptop mm -hmm. and, uh, there's nothing that, uh, really compares with, uh, seeing them on the big screen. And, uh, this was, uh, one of those that I was glad that I saw in the theater, uh, even though it was with a bunch of jaded Hollywood types, uh, m most of whom who I talked to were, literally the word that they gave me was meh and i was like all right well they're just dead inside uh but uh i was excited and that's why yeah. i had to write to you because uh, i knew that uh, that you enjoyed it and i knew how excited you were so i hope that everybody checks it out and uh, is excited and uh, let us know what you think you can always tweet us at blackcast b-l-a-d-t-c-a-s-t like the blackcast on facebook or you can write to me at christian dmz uh, and Dan, you can be found at Dan Reinish, as I mentioned, at D-A-N-R-E-N-Y-N-I-S-H. R-E-Y-N-I-S-H. And if you're if you're online ever wondering what the news is like in Southern Alberta, head to chatnewstoday.ca. And if you're going to go to the movie, you know, I'm not even going to tell you to lower your expectations or do anything. But I, I was over the moon for it, and I'm still yeah. over the moon for it. I'll probably go see it again this weekend because I don't have to wait for wives or children or friends or family or <laughs> anybody to get older, those sorts of things. But but I, I I just feel they've they've given us something special, and I never thought I'd get to see Bill Murray on screen as a Ghostbuster again. You know, he was in Casper, as you might remember. As, uh, oh, I forgot as, about as that. Yeah. So, I mean, so we – and uh, – and Ernie Hudson was on uh, Kelly Clarkson the other day. So, I mean, whatever. But these are classic characters from not just my childhood, but but from my life. And I'm, I'm happy to spend more time with them. Agreed. And the new four, my gosh, I look forward to spending more time with them. As I do, now that the border is open and I can actually come to L.A. again and spend more time with you, Christian DMZ. I know you, uh, you, uh, you, the, the border would not let you come and see Weezer Green Day and Fallout Boy back in September. Uh -huh. And that was, uh, that was tragic uh, because it was a, it was a fun evening. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was, uh, really the, the first big concert I'd been to. That wasn't the first live music that I had seen, but, uh, that, that was kind of the first big one and it was fun. Yeah. Um, I've since seen the Rolling Stones in Vegas and, uh, you know, Kiss some about 12 more times since then. What's that? You've seen Kiss about 12 more times since then. I've, I've only seen them once, uh, this, uh, I've only seen them, but it's funny cause that was the show that I went to. Uh, like in like March 3rd, 2020, right before everything shut down. That was the, that was the one that I squeaked in, yeah. uh, you know, the big arena show I squeaked in before them. But anyway, and then, and then, yeah, I went and saw that with our friend, uh, agent Starling of 
the black cast will sterling and i went and we'll talk about that sometime soon we went at the uh, end of uh september which is yeah. crazy to think about that it's already been two months um anyway dan always fun to chat with you Thank and you. and i look uh, i look forward to uh you know just sort of getting everybody's uh, reaction to our conversation but also to the movie uh, so, uh, as I said, you can always uh, follow me at Christian DMZ, like the Blackcast on Facebook. And thanks to everybody who stayed in the live chat, even through the spoilers. And uh, Dominica Saxon says, This was a great interview. Thanks for your time. This wasn't an interview, this was just a conversation. We're just friends. a couple of pals talking movies, yeah. but uh, I'm glad you stuck around, uh, Dominica Saxon. Please let us know what you think. I want to know what everybody thinks, even if you didn't like it. Dan's making the point. You please tell us. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not yeah. gonna tell anybody who sees a movie that they need to like a movie. You, you can't yeah. sometimes. Sometimes it's just not for you. We could, um, we could easily have spent this last hour talking about the fact that Shohei Otani in Southern California has the AL MVP and the two Canadian candidates from Toronto don't. So I mean, I love to talk about Canada. I love to talk about everything, and I love to talk to at Christian DMZ. I'm at Dan Reinish, D A N R E Y N I S H, and uh, it's a, always a treat to be here on the broadcast. Thanks, buddy. Thank you so much, and uh, we will see all of you next time on the broadcast. Too hot to handle, too cold to hold. They called the Ghostbusters and the end control. Had a throwing party for a bunch of children. Well, all the while the trauma under the building, so they packed up and moved. Got a grip, came equipped, grabbed the proton packs on the back, then they split. Run out of Bob Beagle, the master of evil, trying to battle my boys. That's not legal. They're in control. You know it. What's on the TV? iTunes that put on the BC. Podcasts on, no talking to me. Listen in the black cast. Keep up on comics and movies. New phone ring, I answer hoodies. I can't talk, call back if you please. Listen in the black cast. You don't know what you are missing. Damn fine show hosted by Christian. He's just dope, no ass, I'm kissing. Listen in the black Click subscribe on this podcast. You won't be the first, but don't you be last. Listen while you pumping your gas. Listen in the black cast. On this episode, it's Jean Grey talking about the things that she say. So distracted, didn't feed Bay. Listen in the black cast. Met this girl, she smiled in my face. Black cast in Chile to my place. Had one beer, she brought a whole case. Listen in the black Cops knock on the door and listen Black hats on, they think I'm Christian Cops ran off, now I ain't trippin' Listen in the black cast My point is, listen to this show Don't need me to tell you it's dope Rock so hard like Johnny Lithgow Listen in the black cast Oh yeah, that's the black cast It's on the ghost twin TV or whatever
Show.